Hello and welcome to the LYF podcast. This podcast is provided to you by the Love Yourself Foundation, which is an organization here to help spread the message of love and more specifically self-love and the powerful ripple effect that has in not only building better relationships with other people, but ultimately building a more harmonious and stronger connection with Mother Earth. We're here to tell you that we're all one. All living beings are connected to each other, to Mother Earth, to the universe. So we're going to be talking about important topics like mental health, environmental issues, and tying it all back into the self and ways that you can help improve the relationship with yourself to again empower yourself so you can empower your community and empower our beautiful planet. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. Also, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, at the LY Foundation. You can also check out our website at the lyfoundation.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the LYF podcast. Monica here. And today I'm going to be talking about the theme of the month that we had at Love Yourself Foundation and uh, that which is all about spring cleaning, um, but also getting deeper also into what's been happening um, in, in society recently, too, and tying it all into the theme. But I'm not alone. I am joined by two really good friends of mine that have known me for a while. Um, I have Mr. Michael Laurie. Um, He's one of my best friends. We go back to LVA, to our high school days. Um, And Michael, I've always told him he needed to be on a radio show. So here we are getting to talk today. (laughs) But Michael works for a local organization here in Las Vegas called Ignite Teen Treatment. And he is a licensing assistant uh, with them. And then I have Jay, also a really, really good friend of mine. We go back from all the way to college to my take back the tap days. And um, he started a a new company called Legendary, (coughs) Legendary Media Group. And so I want definitely want them to chat more about the organizations. And I'm just really excited to have this conversation with them. So hi, Michael. Hi, Jay. Hey. <laughs> so I'm going to I want before we get into the questions and the and the chat, um, why don't I really want folks to learn more about your companies and what you guys do. So. Michael, could you tell us a little bit more about what your organization does? What do you do and all that? Of course. So I just recently got promoted and doing licensing. So all the fun things of opening up buildings, doing state regulations, state codes, and opening up more businesses for this organization. But prior to that, I was a lead mentor. So with Ignite, they have a lot of like conglomerate organizations and focuses, but predominantly it's anyone from 13 to 17. Um, that have any type of trauma. It could be eating disorders. It can be any types of traumas, things with like the state that kind of put them there. So kids get sent off around the whole country, come to this facility and it looks like a nice house, super fancy. And they just have mentors and they have their own therapist. And throughout the day, we just have things that they have to connect with that help support them throughout whatever trauma or things that brought them there. Um, On average, they're there from three to four months, but some Mm -hmm. of them stay longer just because of depending on the trauma, the not acceptance of it. And so my day-to-day job was to, with me specifically, I worked at a girl's house, uh, 13 to 17 year old uh, girls who 
struggled with many things. So day-to-day was building that self-confidence, having them have those aha moments with their therapist, um, helping them with their academics, helping them learn coping skills and going to like seahorses, um, playing games with them, doing many, many friendship bracelets, but just mm-hmm. kind of moving forward from this rough patch that might've been caused because of their home environment, their maybe spiritual beliefs, or just because of maybe a chemical imbalance that just they didn't know how to regulate it. And they just went into this depression mode that just kind of went further and further where their parents was like, we need extra support. And mm-hmm. so my organization does deal with boys and girls and all sorts of kind of things and that, that support system. Awesome. Thanks, Michael, for sharing. And thank you for doing that important work, especially during these times. Mm-hmm. Awesome, Jade. So tell us more about your media group and what you all are up to. Oh, absolutely. Um, so one thing I do want to say, like, Michael, I really do respect that you're doing that and helping out, like, troubled youth and everything. Like, that's something that I feel like needs more attention in the world. And I'm glad to see you, like, in that kind of field. Um, so um, with Legendary Media Group, um, we're kind of helping out others in a different aspect. Um, we want to kind of help uh, local content creators, um, curators, and try to get them the opportunity to kind of expand on their own brand and kind of get a new, um, larger scale of uh, of, of availability, you can kind of say. So right now we're kind of, we just started off early this year and our ultimate goal is to get as many local um, creators as possible to kind of contribute to the site in addition to creating our own original content and kind of seeing if we can help reinforce the growth of all these individuals if they really want to achieve their dreams of becoming content curators, um, maybe one day Instagram celebrities, who knows? <laughs> but we're starting off as um, a media platform as well as a networking platform. So we have one podcast currently going on called The Cancel Podcast it's on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, so on and so forth. And this is kind of our first start into the creator space our, ourselves. So we're hoping to grab other people that want to grow and hope that they want to grow with us. So awesome. So proud of you. I got your from you, Monica. (laughs) We all inspire each other. (laughs) Awesome. So now I want to ask my favorite question I always ask people is, and it's, what do you love about yourself? And if you can go a step further is tell me how has that quality helped you in your life? So whoever wants to go first. I'll let the impressive Jay go first. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> okay um since he since he got me on that one i guess i'll go first um i will say one skill that i've been kind of learning more and more about myself as i get older is um my time management skills and it's something that's kind of carried me to where i am now with my life where um, i'm a college grad i finished my master's in february of uh, uh-huh. last 2020 <laughs> <laughs> got my mba yay <laughs> But um, with that, it was like, it really has allowed me to see how my time management skills allows me to continue to grow because I'm very goal oriented. I'm very ambitious, sometimes maybe overly ambitious, <laughs> but kind of putting that, putting things down with a pen and paper or on my Google calendar app, it really allows me to kind of set a deadline for myself and, and work towards that deadline. So if a couple of Saturdays from now there's something due or I have to do something for LMG, Legendary Media Group, I at least I'm aware of it ahead of time. And it's up to me to allocate the, the necessary time needed to make sure that I accomplish that goal in the right fashion at the right time. Mm-hmm. So for me, 
time management is something that's allowing me to recognize who I am currently, who I was when I was younger, and then who I want to be in the future. So that's kind of been carrying me along the way. That's definitely what I love about myself. <laughs> I love that. I Man, I can't believe you it came and went you know i remember when you started your masters and it's all man you, you already have it that's amazing <laughs> with my time management skills right? I was <laughs> one year and then I, something just happened i got really bored and i was like all right let me up these goals a little bit <laughs> <laughs> that's so, amazing and, and i would say like, it was like a good intro to me understanding my skills as well because working with you through tbtc take back the up it kind of gave me the opportunity to be the the webmaster which I was like, like in my intro coding classes, <laughs> but you allowed me to kind of take on responsibility and a role. And from there, you know, I would do my best to make sure I met whatever deadlines you gave me. Don't want to upset you or, or the group or anything. <laughs> so it allowed me to kind of develop those skills and be more aware of them as well during undergrad. So I should be even saying thank you for that as well. Aww, I'm so happy that you know, we could help that help one another. And it's, uh, you know, take back the tap. I've talked about it. It's definitely come up. But I mean, take back the tab truly, I feel like helped us all right everyone that was a part of it, it was like the beginning of it gave us so much experience to help us do what we're doing now. So, so, so grateful of, of that. The last experience eventually became life experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome, Michael. Want, what about you? Yeah, I just want to say thank you so much, Jay, for sharing that because I that's something I've always appreciated about you because I met you at a random festival through a friend and it was an interesting <laughs> festival and it was like me and you were like you were in like your Nikes, just like just in like joggers, and we went to like the middle of nowhere and we're like, I guess this is our life. But from that, um, <laughs> I've noticed I didn't know what an engineer meant, what it was and what it meant to be when it came to schooling. And now talking to so many other engineers, you're like, and like dentists, you're like, we don't have a life. We don't do anything. But every time I like hung out with you, you'd be like, yo, we're all hanging out Friday night or Saturday. And you always had these, like, you'd always bring people, but schedule and constantly make time for not only schoolwork, but things like that. And you were successful. It wasn't like you're hitting those C's. It was, you were on top of it and other people would be like, I don't know how he does it. And so it's just so amazing to see you set time. And it's interesting now, I got a text message from you like, I'm going ghost mode. Don't freak out yep. I'm setting that time up. <laughs> that's, that's why I've been a little MIA. I, I do appreciate you like recognizing that even the trip alone. I'm sure we can talk about that today because that's, wow. Yeah, when we first met, that was fun time. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was, it was interesting, but um, the one thing, this was like the hardest question for me because I feel like I go through slumps of like becoming a self-critic where it's like, I don't really know what I like, or it's like, I am so easy to find other things that are make other people, um, um, why they're so amazing. And for me, I've become that worst critic. And I think the one thing I've realized that I've been consistent throughout my life that I continually try and challenge is trying my best not to judge anyone. I strongly believe in that philosophy, like live, live and let live. Um, and I think that, that's why I've always been going into these like um, social service type jobs. I've worked with like as a paraprofessional, kids with disabilities. Um, I worked at a food bank with seniors and children. And even this where it's like, people are like, do you sure you wanna work with those type of kids? Like they're kind of rough or they come from this region or they're like, they might be affluent. 
And for me, I've always like, I don't know their background. I'm trying not to judge because we all take it day by day. Mm -hmm. And so anyone I meet and try to get to, I um, want to make a point that like, we're starting at a fresh start. And I try to remind myself that like, I don't know how they live in their shoes and what challenges and what things that they go through. Um, Cause I met so many people that looked perfect and were so happy and you just like dig a little deeper and they were like the meanest messed up people ever. But also it was just, I never knew what was going on. So I've always mm -hmm. learned like, just give the benefit of the doubt, never judge. And I think that's what became my success working at this organization was I was working with a lot of girls who had a lot of past and they were already so judgmental of themselves that they've messed up, they've relapsed, they, their parents are like, this isn't the kid I kind of want. And so for me, it was like, I would just be able to take it with great and sound like, okay, like, I'm not going to judge your past mistakes that you are holding yourself hard to. Today's a new day. Like, what can we do? We make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Can I that real quick, Michael? Because um, I think, like, if you had to put a label behind it, I would say empathy. I, I would mm -hmm. say that. What's that? Like biggest strength. Um, empathy. So I would say having that ability to really see, um, just to be aware that other people walk through different walks of life and you can never really truly see through their shoes you're able to actually connect with them and say like, even though I, I can't physically see what you went through, I'm able to understand it and build, you know, kind of build a relatable story that kind of helps them develop um, a level of comfort as well as confidence within themselves. So I would say, if you had to put a label on it, I would go with empathy. And that's something that we've seen like um, as friends as well, like throughout our friends okay. group, hanging out with Monica. And it's just something that I think that you're able to do both inside and outside of your job. So I think it's like a consistent skill. So like if, if you had a superpower, I would say it would be empathy. And also comic relief too. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, fun fact. Thank you. I um, love that I also have like an empathy certificate. So when I did Teach for America, they made us take like a 12 hour class on empathy. And they're like, we loved you guys doing it so much that we had to do it again in Vegas. Yeah. But it's just empowering awesome. to know like how to empathize and not be sympathetic towards people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Absolutely. I think, uh, yeah, that emotional intelligence as we develop becomes even more and more important, you know, the older that we get um, to create as little conflict as we can, hopefully along the way. <laughs> so, uh, but I would say truly, yeah, Michael, you've been such a, strong empathetic loving force in my life and i'm so grateful that i get to call you my friend and that you're touching the lives of so many young kids and helping them along the way so i'm just grateful of that and um and i think like michael said too um about jay is that um it's so true like you make time for fun and then you make time to get things done. I think you really live a very balanced life and it's inspiring because it shows like you don't have to create a tunnel vision life. Like you can have a full life with all these experiences. So you both help me stay grounded and to always be honest with myself. So just thank you guys. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. So, um, Let's get let's go ahead and talk about what this month we've been talking about on LIF's page is um, all about spring cleaning, you know, whether that's uh, minimizing possessions, whether that is 
looking at yourself and seeing ways to improve your life, um, all the things. So, so, or this could be things that you want to start working on, um, thoughts like that. Um, for me lately, I can say like something I've been working on is I am trying to, I'm working with my friend, Carrie, who's my Ashtanga teacher, and she's also an Ayurveda practitioner. And uh, with Ayurveda, it, it kind of, it, it gives you a very personalized approach to your body constitution and seeing what foods are better for you. And so I've been trying to have more of a routine when it comes to eating and like being more mindful of what I'm eating and what's actually good for my constitution. So that's something I've been working on. It is challenging because there's times when you're like, well, I want to have this and it's not really so fitting to what I should be eating. <laughs> but, you know, it's been it's been a good challenge. I do notice positive effects. Like I do see my energy levels increasing. And um, so that's something I've been working on that it's it's a it's a work in progress for sure. And I think that I think that's something that the more that I implement new things in my life, um, I think a big ingredient is to be kind to myself, you know, in the moments that maybe I fall short and then I'm like, well, it's okay. Like, get back up. It's all right. It's not the end of the world. So that's something I've been working on. I would say one thing, like, um, even just having things in progress it, in itself is a skill. Because um, even in my line of work, we, we measure work in progress. We call it WIP, W-I-P. And then it kind of becomes a very valuable metric because it lets you know that whatever you're striving for, you're making progress towards. Mm -hmm. um, if you didn't look at what's in progress, you wouldn't really be able to kind of help yourself go the long route, you know, to kind of see what the, to benefit from the long-term goals uh, not long-term, but long-term benefits, you have mm -hmm. to initially see the short-term benefits. But to do that, you have to make that initial step. And I think that's what's important. That's something that you're doing right now is taking that first step saying, I want to be healthier. I want to feel much more positive energy in my life. Mm -hmm. This is how I'm going to do it. And so I reach that goal. Mm -hmm. Versus me, Taco Bell had nacho fries. And I was like, I have to go to Taco Bell. <laughs> 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 so I need to join you on that on that path <laughs> I, I more power to you monica because yeah. thank you i'm on the other end of if i see something good i'm like i gotta indulge myself <laughs> it's that self-constraint is so hard to just be like not today i'm more of like today's a good day to try that <laughs> see that's how i feel yeah it's a horrible but also delicious habit <laughs> But what about you guys? All right, is there anything that y'all are working on as far as minimizing or improving? This has been like the hardest thing for me because everyone saw like the pandemic as this like worst horrible thing. And I'm not gonna minimize it. It was a pretty crappy year and time frame. But um, it really got me out of my daily slumps because I was just talking to just how uh, Jay was talking about how he keeps continuously thriving and changing his ways and planning for the future and how you're like making these moments. I felt like I was at a job that like I felt really good at um, and then I wanted to strive to do better. And so I was like, OK, let me go to a new department. Let me just try this out. Knew nothing. I was like, I just want to be challenged. I want to try something different did it and then I was just miserable like Sunday nights I would have 
um, just like anxiety of like, just before we went to bed, I was like, I don't want to do this. And when Monday hit, I was like, I just need to make it to Friday. And, and then anytime I got called into like my manager's office, I would like cross my fingers to be like, I hope it's like, Hey, can you do this assignment rather than be like, Hey, can you sit down and talk? I was like paranoid about everything and anything. And it seeped into like my work performance because I was just second guessing myself. Like, and I couldn't have the confidence to, to do a simple email. But on top of that, um, I didn't realize how fast life goes. So like being at that company for five years, I just like, it was like being in an abusive relationship. I, would, I saw all these signs and people were like, yo, you need to leave. And I was like, I know. And then like next time I th- had that thought a year or two passed by and it just kept going. And I got laid off during the pandemic. And so that was like terrible because I'd never gotten laid off. I didn't know what unemployment was. Like, it was just like, it felt like kind of a shameful, but then I've never really taken time for myself and time off. So it was just crazy to be like that being like, um, like bring on the other side because it forced me to stay home, keep that social distance. But um, it just forced me to realize how much negativity and how depressed I really was. Like I didn't realize how low I was at my job and how low at that point. I knew it was low, but I was like in like the mines. I was like super down and just being home for like a couple of weeks made me realize that like I was still kind of depressed and sad, but like that environment completely changed me. And so that like helped me with my screen cleaning of just like realize taking that job away and taking the stresses that came from in that job. And so really that was my screen cleaning of realizing like life is too short. I need to work on to my day-to-day tasks. What does my self-love look like? How am I pouring into myself? And what things can I do to better that? Because I realized it's a quicksand of, living life day to day and being like, I think I should change this. And then next thing you know, like three years pass by still doing that same thing. And I've met so many friends that still have these conversations where it's like, I can't be here. I, I want to do something else. And then you're like, yeah, you should. Or are we like, how can we support you? And then next thing you know, like years pass by and we're still in that same situation, that same hate that we feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy you Thanks for sharing. Um, and I'm. I, it's funny. I actually had just read something similar about, um, you know, when we don't live in integrity of when of what we actually want, and it how the detrimental impacts that really it does have on our overall quality of life. Whether that's in like you stay in a relationship that you shouldn't be in, stay in a job that's not good for you. So, um, and I love this. Uh, actually, I I follow this guy who goes by Create the Love on Instagram, and I love what he said. He was like, "We need to start normalizing living in alignment and living in integrity of what we actually want, um, versus selling ourselves short and looking at and and seeing these red flags um, as like, well, maybe it'll get better later, and then, then it doesn't. So." Um, uh, so I'm so happy and as you know as a friend Michael I'm so grateful of like where you are now and that you got out of that I'm so so happy for yeah. you agreed I honestly think too like even this question alone is something that it kind of shows the positivity within the pandemic because as Michael mentioned yes yeah, absolutely horrible things happening across the globe like it is like something that I never hoped to or even thought that I would live to experience like you read about them in textbooks and go, mm-hmm, wow, that was mm-hmm. so long ago. And then here we are, a 90s baby, like, whoa. <laughs> but I think the question alone, it brings out the positive aspects of it because 
Um, one thing that I will have to say I'm grateful for, for the pandemic, not in that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I hope this isn't like chopped up later and they're like, look, he's happy for the pandemic. No, no, no. Let me <laughs> but it's like, I think it gave us a lot of forced adaptation. Like with mm-hmm. that, it's like, it's like as human beings, we always, you know, we fear what we don't understand. And anytime there's any level of uncertainty, we're always going to be hesitant. We're not going to take the leap. We're going to, you know, kind of talk ourselves out of it. What the pandemic did kind of bring to the table is, hey, this is happening. Here's your options. You have to do one or the other, but you can't do nothing. So I think it really allowed a lot of people to kind of see what their real options were, mm-hmm. how they were going to be forced to grow from it. Like it is literally evolution happening right now. Because like even with me, um, similar to Michael, it's like um, my job, I'm a consultant. It was completed. They accelerated everything. And then they let go of the consultants. They're like, all right, best of luck. You know, like, we're in a pandemic. <laughs> but, <laughs> but luckily, like I was able to interview with another client and then get placed with them and then, you know, be able to like work remotely. Mm-hmm. Because prior to coming back home, you know, I was across the country living in a different state on my own. I uh, wasn't putting too much effort in starting a new life, but it was definitely a lot of exploration to be had prior yeah. to the pandemic, of course. That, that kind of changed everything. But once it did happen, and even that transition with the job, it really allowed me to open my eyes and kind of see, you know, what am I doing at this moment? And where do I want to be, you know, moments after this? And so the quarantining, it allowed me to reflect a lot. Um, and that, that's kind of similar to what you were saying too, Michael, is like having that time to really reflect and think things through. It's something that I'm grateful for, because now it allows me to set those goals. Now, now it allows me to kind of see things more clearly and really start paving the way to the destination that I want to reach, mm-hmm. you know? So now, instead of me just trying to jump from one side of the bridge to the other side of the bridge, or yeah, something like that, now it's like, I'm the one putting the bricks there. Mm-hmm. I'm the one making the bridge to say, like, I need to get to destination B, and this is how I'm going to do it. Is it going to be with wood? Is it going to be with bricks? Maybe even, hey, who knows? But either way, at least we know that we are at a starting point and we have much more clarity of the end point that we're going to reach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, think that, I, I really like what you said, uh, Jay. And I think it's interesting because I don't think any of us are going to be on the COVID pandemic train and be like, it was amazing because it definitely wasn't. But there's so <laughs> much things that I like what you said was adaptability. Um, it made a lot of us be adaptable and self-aware of our situations. If that was through unemployment, being laid off, or even just what does it mean to self-quarantine your your house and not seeing your loved ones? And we had that scare. And I think in life, and I don't know if it's like an American thing, is like I feel like we have to be at our like deepest lows or something big has to happen for us to like do a self-checklist. Like, how am I doing financially? How am I doing emotionally? How am I doing physically? And I think with the pandemic, a lot of us got put our homes by we should have been put in our homes by ourselves. Some of them, some kind of states were like, we can still party, no math, don't worry about it. But oh, <laughs> it, it helped me just go to the point where it's like, okay, I don't have a job. What is my finances like? How how can I plan for the head? And then they're like, we were giving our governors and things on the news like, don't see your friends, don't see your family, stay at home. And I'm like, how close are my friends? Um, how are my relationships like? And it made me be creative of like that passive we just watch Netflix and chill in the friend way where we're just on our phones <laughs> doing that. And we're like, that's the, and then like after the movie ends, we're like, peace out. That was a good friendship time. But now I was like, 
how had I been communicating with my friends? What kind of talk conversations were we having? And with the pandemic, we couldn't just be physical. It was more of like texting, calling, Zoom, and doing things abstractly to help deepen that. And I know just even my roommates, how important it was to just like have that community. And it's just crazy how how those things we didn't realize how big play a big part of our lives. And it took kind of a pandemic to be like, well, this is really important to me, or I really need to plan ahead because I was living the day to day of like, my job is terrible. I was not happy, but I was comfortable. I was making enough money to kind of get me by, but I wasn't really doing anything. And then a pandemic hit and it was like, bro, you're laid off. And then you're at home now and you can't really go anywhere. I was like, okay, this is going to be terrible. But it made me self-reflect and be like, how am I emotionally? And have those hard conversations. Mm-hmm. I think, really- And I remember having conversations with, with young Monica and being like, is this thing even real? Like, is this a dream? about the pandemic when it like first took off and be like, what does this entail? And it's like a year later, we're like, okay, well, I think we're veterans of this now. <laughs> no, we know what a mask looks like. We know how to put it on. <laughs> yeah, we, have, we know all the ways now how to keep going with it. We have all of our different kinds of masks, all our different like styles, designs. <laughs> got one and also have a gator, so. And then like, <laughs> now like we can just double mask hopefully not for too long but yeah you know I'm happy though that I also really like what you had to say Jay about the the forced adaptation and how it was like you just it kind of became black and white there was like no gray it was it was true it was like you either do this or that but you have to make a decision because really your well-being is at stake and it's like I find that for me personally it made me like it made me reinforce my values that much more and it made me like uh yeah there's like really stand by them and deepen them and really realize what is important to me for me and also for my loved ones right and a lot of my motivation was to keep make to make sure that I was okay for myself but also that I was doing um all the things to make sure that I could protect my my friends and my family to the best of that's in my control, right? Cause there's still so much that is not in my control, but um, yeah, I feel like it really, it just, it was, it's, it's felt like an energetic purge, honestly, this whole time, like of really understanding what works and what doesn't and really getting real. And like, mm-hmm. and like what you said too, Michael about like, um, how life can moves really fast it just really moves really fast and if you don't stop every now every once in a while you you could miss it you know that's from ferris bueller um (laughs) (laughs) a good shout out (laughs) but for real you know it's (laughs) so but were were you gonna say something jay yeah i was gonna say i think one thing that michael kind of came across um was i think the pandemic kind of allowed us to see comfort versus um, ambition or comfort versus growth, you can kind of say, because um, having that do nothing alternative, it only is affordable with time, but with the pandemic and the, how quickly it was happening affecting everyone around the world and with all the changes that were happening throughout the states on a federal level and state level, it really didn't allow us to have a do nothing alternative. Now it's a force tag. Now you have to go with option A, B, C, et cetera. So I think, I think knowing that previously we had a level of comfort, we could procrastinate. We can kind of say like, oh, this is fine. 
I'll be happy with this. And, you know, I'll just do this until whatever happens. But the pandemic kind of put that on everyone and say like, hey, there's no more waiting, no more procrastinating. It's like, this is where you are. Where do you want to be? Do you want to end up left, right? So on and so forth. So I think kind of kind of showcasing like how we all grew from it. Like one year later, as you mentioned, like being the veterans of it. <laughs> it's like, we really get to look back at that year. Cause it flew by and that's how like, how quickly it seemed. But even within that time frame, there's so many memories from it. There's so many things that affected us directly um, in our lives, affected the country, affected the world. And we're all aware of it. Mm-hmm. Like this is now in the future gonna be something that's gonna be in textbooks that future generations and like, oh, wow, how did all this happen? But we got to live through it. And here we are a year later. And now there's vaccines, there's um, um, different states implementing different laws in terms of quarantining, opening back up. But now we get to see the results of what was considered a hectic year. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't it wasn't all horrible, but like on a grand scale, grand scale. Yes. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> definitely, yeah, on Yelp, it's not five star. <laughs> No, like, we're able to see some some light, like some yeah. light coming. So I'm happy to see it from yes, all of you. Absolutely, 100. percent Um, you know, obviously this year forced everybody to really sit with themselves, and you know, and understand that inner voice that much more. So, um, what are some things that you guys have learned from this past year, from like really? taking some time to be with yourselves and is there any way that like what are some easy ways that you what are some ways that you found helpful in improving your relationship with yourself and improving or at least empathizing more with that inner critic that inner critic voice that everybody has it's a good question and I don't have all the answers but I know Jay possibly could because that (laughs) smile and the amount of professional classes he's taken in that master level I know he has the right answer but for me I think the thing that's kind of shaped me was I don't know how I keep working with kids but I keep stumbling on it where it's like an opportunity comes where I was like I don't know how I am do with kids and then I go really far in and then I do something else but um with my current job I was working with a lot of teenage girls on top of trauma and drug and other things like that and as an adult I had to be positive I couldn't show my weaknesses and it was exhausting and tiring but I would have all this like inner dialogue with them all the time and sometimes it would be running in circles it's like curl like we talked about this for 30 minutes like we good now and then they would go to the next person talking about the whole thing and get the same answer We're like girl come on but the biggest thing that I've learned that was like that like by teaching them and by pretending it made me actually believe in it and it helped them but also really helped me because I didn't like with them, with their therapist, they talk about coping skills. Like, what are you doing? What are things that are triggering you? There's things in life that we can't control, but what are things that you can control to help you get through your day? And one of the things that helped me, and I think it's a a very good quote, even for pandemic times is a lot can happen in a year. Um, With that pandemic, a lot has happened and it made us reshape and know how to live life. But now we're looking at it a year later with the pandemic and you're like, yo, pandemic is gonna be ending soon. Vaccinations are happening. And the biggest thing I've realized is like that we just need to learn how to breathe. It's just a bad day, not a bad life. Um, I like that. And I really like that because it made me think of 
today's a tough time. I'm not going to be, I'm, th that might not be tough to challenge. I, I'll be empathetic and what can we do to help cope? But we can make the decision to kind of get out of that. And that just because we're in this predicament now, um, we can, is it refilling ourselves through friends maybe through yoga, maybe going and talking to a therapist to be like, hey, I need that master level support and getting out of that. Because if you have a lot of bad days, you start thinking like, yeah, my life is terrible. And you start believing it and you start putting labels. But when you're like, Yo, it's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to get angry. And I told him that like, breathe. You can get angry. Don't break anything. Don't hurt anyone. But it's okay. You don't have to be perfect. But after we go through those rages, like, what are you doing? Like, do you have a coping skill? Do you have a friend that you feel comfortable that you can go to? Um, what necessarily is going? And they would be like, I don't know what I mean. I'm just angry. I just want to punch something. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, let's talk about that. Let's get that. And then they would just unwind it and be like, oh, like, I realize this helps me with my life. Mm. And I know um, that's just something that I've been living by just with this pandemic or with this life. It's just, I try to take it day by day because life is short and anything can happen a year. And my sad point of this blimp could be just a little point of me having a happier year later, but we just have to put the work into it. And I know Jay is going to expand upon it and show so much grow our greatness in that. <laughs> so I love to hype him up. That was beautiful, Michael. Well, I'll say coincidentally, um, my answer is going to be similar to yours. So it won't be as unique. So I'll, I'll say to give you the props, I say you gave me the foundation for, for my argument now. <laughs> <laughs> I did like a little switcheroo there. Okay, so it's like a peer review. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're playing like popcorn. Or just like popcorn, Jake, popcorn, Michael. And Monica's just throwing the popcorn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we should definitely get Monica's input on this as well. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll still go. I'm not going to just like throw it in the box right now. <laughs> just kind of like, like yeah. ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> I'll say to kind of bounce off of what Michael was saying, um, I think understanding the habits that we have and trying to find like the root. So as you mentioned, like um, some of the individuals, they were just angry, but they didn't know why they were angry. They didn't know what the cause was. They couldn't really express it. It was more so, I'm angry. Here's the actions due to my anger. But they never really approached what made them angry in, in the first place. Like what got them to that level of anger to want to break things, to want to act out, to show rage, so on and so forth. And even with me, it wasn't anger. It was more of like um, confusion. Because um, doing the whole quarantine, like early on in like COVID and stuff like that, where it's like, you know, cities were shut down, there were curfews. Um, I was living in a city that wasn't 24 hours originally anyway. So it's like, you know, nine o'clock was pretty much the end of the night, right? It's either go to sleep or stare at the ceiling until you work the next day. <laughs> <laughs> that it's like- Must have been somewhere on the East Coast. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, I got to realize various habits um that i developed like while i had that much time alone because i've always been kind of more of an um, introvert uh loner kind of i'm very good on my own like i'm very good at isolating and you guys see like i disappear from time to time just to get whatever i need to get done right <laughs> yeah. so it's like even for me being comfortable with it i went to a, i went through a moment of time where i discovered things about myself like i'll say maybe a month into quarantining, like this, like hardcore quarantining, like, you know, there was nothing going out. The only thing I had was Uber Eats. That was my 
trip outside the door. And since I was on the third floor of an apartment complex, all I had was like my balcony. That was the closest thing I had to out, outdoors. My balcony and to go pick up Uber Eats. And this isn't a sponsorship unless Uber wants to. Okay. Hey. But, <laughs> but one thing I noticed was after a month in, I kind of became like a light people watcher because not everyone was quarantined. Like people would be outside walking. And I'm like, hey, there's people outside. <laughs> what are you doing? They're walking their dogs. Don't they know what time it is? And I'm just like, I really care. But why am I doing this? <laughs> so it was like there was moments where I guess I I can kind of say like I felt like someone's confined pet you know like wanting to go outside like scratching at the door scratching at the window saying like I want to be out there I want to live life again and I never thought I would go through something like that like for me adjusting to that very isolated to my apartment kind of lifestyle I thought at first it wasn't going to be that bad for me like we started working from home. I had all my food uh, and groceries delivered and I was cooking. I would do my YouTube workouts with my yoga mat and some push-ups, and things are going well. I and mean, I was monitoring like my goals, having Zoom chats with friends. Everything was good, catching up with family. Everything was good. But there was some sort of breaking point where only X amount of hours I can be truly alone, where it's like, I miss experiencing life whether it was with people or just having the opportunity to change my environment because for me in my apartment every day was living room bedroom kitchen bathroom too and washroom (laughs) (laughs) but it's like it became so routine where it kind of felt like it took the meaning of life away temporarily because like i don't necessarily agree with the people that were protesting haircuts and stuff like we need to get out our hair is looking crazy i don't agree (laughs) But it's like, well, we need the first row palms were important for some. Yeah. <laughs> See, but I can say, like, I at least understand to some degree what they were kind of going through. Like, I could have waited on the haircut. Like, my passport picture is not the greatest at all. <laughs> but it's like, I can at least understand that moment of wanting to be outside and being told not to. Like, saying, like, here's all these things, like, amazing outdoors aspects of life, and you get none of it. So that's something that I had to adjust with and say, where do I go from here? How do I, how do I fill that void? Yeah. And I think it just came yeah. with time and reflection and really questioning myself and what habits I had and what habits were, was I willing to keep and which ones were I willing to work on and grow from. Mm-hmm. I think it's really cool that you were challenged of like, what am I doing and how do I need to change it to go forward? And I think that's the adaption that we all had to like go through the pandemic. We all, learned how to adapt some way. Some people soared and it was like, you tell me I have to be home all day and just like not leave my room. Mm-hmm. Perfect day. Others are like, I could do this for a week and then be like, okay, I need to adapt. What am I doing? But it was just interesting that like, as soon as things got taken away from us, that's when we realized like how valuable they were. Mm-hmm. Because uh, if you did like tell me there was a pandemic going on, I'd be so easy, like in my room, like I'd come home from work, go to bed, not really interact or see anyone or do anything for a long period of time. But in the moment we put like that pandemic flag in and then the governor's like, yo, stay home. Then it was like, everyone's like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. And some people were like, that was their life. But now that we put that title, it was like, re- it really realized like how the severity of like, like you start thinking about like, what does community look like? What does living conditions look like? What does my inner sanity look like? And it really, I didn't really think about that until it was up to the real point where it's like, they're like, stay home. That's your life now. Yeah. And then you're like, I was going to say, you could even say it kind of exposed our inner child more. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, as kids, like we all had that one toy or one video game or something that, you know, we would play, we got joy out of it, and then eventually we kick it to the side. But then once we see that we can no longer have it or another kid was playing with it, we're just like, hey, that's mine. Give it back. Yeah. Give it back now. So I think it really exposed it exposed the inner child in, in all of us. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. As adults, we're still affected by it the same way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why haircuts were so big because it's like, my hair is getting a little bit crazy. What do you mean I can't get a haircut now? Like, this is important. You're like, and I think it's just got taken away. And it's just like, but any other day, it'd be like, I probably could have got a, a week or a month without a haircut. But now it's like, you that's in like retrospect. And you're like, I need it now. And then some of us, I feel like got a little defiant. We're like, maybe I'll just go for a little walk around my like front yard. <laughs> to break the rules a little bit. <laughs> and then you see someone, you're like, you better stay six feet away, bro. <laughs> Those are the rebels that I was people watching on occasion. Yeah. Looking through the blinds, like just like one or two and just like, hey, it's almost six o'clock. You got like two minutes. Finish your lap. <laughs> the other day, I was just like, eh, I don't care. But for me, I was definitely kind of just like, there. I, that was my inner kid exposing himself. Like me, I guess, paddling. I was like, they're yeah. out at 558. They got two minutes. Hey, everyone. <laughs> I did it too. It'd be in my family group chat. I just text my mom and be like, yo, these people are crazy. No mask in front of our front yard, walking a dog. <laughs> and it just became like a huge thing. And I'm like, it's like, YOLO. Life is just so boring. <laughs> they were YOLOing all right. Let's take it back to the 2000s on that one. Yeah. <laughs> but, with, but with you, Monica, I'd love to hear your like perception on that because I know with your whole organization about like loving yourself. It's like it become a whole mission statement and you have a lot of conversations with your like cohorts. So I'd love to hear your perspective. Yeah. You know, for me, I would say that the Live Yourself Foundation, when the pandemic happened, was like the most important reminder was to love myself 100% through whatever I was feeling. And at the beginning, you know, it was very difficult because I was honestly like so many of us, I was shattered in fear, so much fear and so much fear of not really knowing what was going to happen to my parents because my parents are older. So I was just so paralyzed with that fear. And I just, I, w- I would say like, I did go through like a, a small stump of like depression. I mean, what the heck, right? Like this crazy traumatic things happening. Um, but thankfully, as y'all know, then I, I, I got the, the opportunity to go to my friend's farm and that really helped me. And I just did my lockdown there. Um, but just really honing in on my meditation, my yoga and, um, being with the vegetables and, and earth was really what calmed me down a lot and realizing that life moves on. Like I remember, and I've said this other times, like, I just remember my first couple of days there, um, just like looking at the bees, just working. And in my mind, I was like, wow, like there's this crazy pandemic in the human world, but <laughs> the bees don't know about it, you know, <laughs> but it also humbled me a lot. You know, I would say this time has humbled me further. I would say that I would hope that it, this is humbling humanity to realize that we are not invincible, that, you know, we are indirectly connected to every living thing on this planet. Um, and I think I just, with my inner voice, 
it was just really like taking care of that inner kid that was just really afraid. I was so scared, you know, and just being compassionate toward it and not, and my imagination got so crazy at times. So thank goodness for meditation. Um, I was just talking to my parents about it this past weekend because I just remember the stories, the movies that were being created in my mind at the start of it. And none of that happened, thank God. <laughs> so, you know, one year later, I was with this past weekend with my parents having dinner. And like, it's just crazy how like last year I was saying goodbye to them because I was going to be spending my quarantine elsewhere. So I think it's that it's learning that just for me, the power of meditation, that it just helps you to, like you said earlier to Michael, hone in on your breath um, and just keep co concentrating on your breath and just to observe your thoughts and it can get really hard sometimes but that power of breathing um really is it's no joke man it just isn't it really does help you to observe your thoughts and not have to believe all your thoughts i can agree with that i agree like with that the movie didn't happen though so can <laughs> yeah take a trip later on meditation <laughs> isn't a bad thing <laughs> I think like the worst thing is when like we become our own WebMD where we're like that one person coughed and I heard this news and then you just go down that rabbit hole and then you go to the point where like yo I think I got something and I can't go anywhere am I gonna go see a doctor they're gonna be like stay home yeah. and then you just I just love how you're just like no nah, I'm just gonna go to a farm like <laughs> I'm gonna go an hour away from our hometown and just live in nature and you just send me pictures of you like holding dirt and you just have like the biggest smile and it was just that recharge and you would just be like how's your life and I'm like I watched some tv and you're like I planted a garden I'm like good for you Monica <laughs> but um but yeah man we've we've all grown a lot very grateful to see all of our growth I, I feel like we're much stronger people because of it now we are becoming more resilient and you know no matter what happens we we, we can say that we've we've gone through this crazy time and and we're growing stronger because of it agreed and we all have shared memories from it mm -hmm. but like yeah. individually yeah but before we um, close, I did want to talk a little bit, you know, about what recently just happened um, with the eight folks that that were just killed, um, the six Asian American Asian women that were killed, um, and talk a little bit just about the ongoing, um, the ongoing racism, the ongoing hate crimes that are happening. Um, because personally, I think that's something that needs to be really observed and cleaned out, you know, like some spring cleaning on those ideals and <laughs> belief systems. Um, so, you know, any thoughts, um, you know, we're all, all, all three of us, all minorities, you know, we've all dealt with things in different ways around this topic. Um, so yeah, any, any, what, what do you, any thoughts? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd like to go first because I don't feel like I like I don't know how to form my argument like my conversation with this and it's interesting because I feel like when me and Jay like talk in like our day-to-day -day and when we just hang out we tend to have these type of conversations but not with this specific example but just mm -hmm. like um what does intolerance look like what does racism look like what is nationalism so I know he's gonna have like a lot more to say than I 
but it's hard because I feel like I wish we could have this like magic eraser mm-hmm. of like wiping out and be like, can't we just all love each other and just like go along? And it's that like idea of like, why do we have to see color? But then that's like a form of it right. where like we have to value and understand like we there is a lot of different colors. We have to be able to live with that. And it's so hard when every nationalist story I hear about is this a hate crime? I feel like there's always two groups. Group A, that's like, for sure there is Muslim. This is 100% a hate crime. This is a nationalistic idea. And then you have group B that's like, no, they just have mental health issues. Why do we have to keep tying things down to race? And it's like, it gets so convoluted between which news station you watch Mm -hmm. and like who you talk to to be like, so is it really a hate crime or not? Or like, what was the motive and how easy can we like sponge it away to be like, mm-hmm. well, this person was 16 or 18. Well, he had mental health issues. Maybe he had sex addiction. And it just like, it's so hard to like pinpoint. And it's, I don't know if it's because with the news or we just don't want to accept in this country that we have prejudices and that we're just afraid to share, like, maybe there is a rise of white nationalism. Maybe there is a rise of just racism just day to day because i feel like as an american we like look back on history books we're like did we have slaves yeah we're good people now because it's not there anymore and i think we, we live like that and i think it's hard to accept to look on the tv or news and just be like i guess these things still exist and i think there's a lot of subgroups or a lot of minority groups like yeah for sure it does but the other group is like i don't want to live in that like let me pawn that sports i don't want to acknowledge that and just kind of be ignorant about that idea and I don't that's why I would love to hear more Jay's perspective on that (laughs) um yeah like you're right like we definitely have a lot of great conversations about it like um I I can recall several like even like there was this one day I was spending the night when I was doing like um one of my courses from MBA I remember we got into like a really great conversation so like I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that as well but I do I do think it's one of the things where for the group B that you say, the one that um, are the, why do we keep labeling it as this? Does this really exist? Is it really happening? Um, they don't understand that that's, that itself is a level of privilege just because instead of trying to, because one one thing I'll say um, with American culture, like Westernized culture, um, but I think also as just humans in general, we tend to provide solutions to things that we don't know how to question. And so when you look into like the scientific method, there's no way that you can get conclusive data without making proper observations. And to make these proper observations, you have to be within the environment that you're pulling data from, pulling those experiences from. So a lot of times we'll see people that say, oh, this isn't happening, this doesn't exist. And that's based off of them never having to deal with it directly. But however, if they choose to put themselves, either even just communicating with the individuals and questioning why they have this interpretation or why they have these feelings, they would be able to open themselves up to a whole different light mm-hmm. to kind of see that though I haven't experienced it or witnessed it firsthand, now they can be empathetic and try to understand what has happened. Because I do think <clears throat> that what happened recently in the Atlanta shooting, I do think it was and should be considered a hate crime. I don't know like the legal definition on what it would take to convict them as a hate crime, but I definitely feel like his actions were motivated towards specifically Asian women. Like we can say Mm -hmm. because of the statistics that three fourths of them, six of the eight was, um, they were Asian women. That's one example. But then you can also say, because he's trying to blame it on the sex addiction, but when you go to the type of shops that he's going to, like a lot of the massage parlors, they're usually from what? Lower income, 
first generation, second generation immigrant families who mm -hmm. come from Asia. So there he's even by participating in those areas, he's now getting he's now targeting a specific community, whether directly or indirectly, that's kind of the layout of how it is. Like there's not, he's not going to um, a massage parlor in the suburbs and getting whatever acts that he's getting done. He's not getting just a massage there and saying like, oh, I have a sex addiction. Let me go here to the suburbs and shoot them up. He chose the specific low income ones mm -hmm. who may or may not have histories with performing sexual acts um, in addition to just the massages. And with that, that kind of contributes more towards his fetishization with the um, sex addiction that he's claiming. But with that, he has to understand, and those who believe in those similar thoughts that it wasn't race related, have to understand that that internal fetish that he has going on, potentially, I'm not in his head, that's what leads to the hate crimes, that's what leads to the discrimination, because it's happening in an environment that is very specific, mm -hmm. and the people who are speaking out against it aren't a part of that specific community. And so the best thing that we can do is be allies, empathetic, and ask questions rather than providing solutions. Because mm -hmm. those individuals are easy to say, like, this is what it is. This is what happened. This could have changed. You know, uh, what is it called? It's called a uh, what it could have, should have mm -hmm. kind of thing. But realistically, what we need to do is ask, why did this happen to a specific community? Why are these individuals in um, an economic state to perform, you know, the acts that are different than uh, affluent suburban massage parlor? Like that would get these type of individuals. We have to ask, start asking why, the who, what, where's to get a better understanding of who's affected by it, not necessarily providing the solutions on what they should change. Right. And I think historically throughout the state, throughout the world, but definitely with America, because we do have a unique flavor of racism, discrimination, prejudice, so on and so forth. We need to start asking each other, what can we do to eliminate those feelings that you have versus telling you not to have those feelings right right all throughout 2020 um and unfortunately early 2021 as well we're now seeing more and more examples and more opportunities i'll say to help each other as allies so prior like last year when the black lives matter protests were going on um some of my asian friends reached out and they were saying like they didn't know that individuals in their own family now they're having these difficult conversations they were very anti-black lives matter they're they were labeling it the same thing. There was like, no, there's, there's no discrimination. There's no, they're making it up. They're marching for attention, so on and so forth. Fast forward into 2021, now the tables have completely turned 180 degrees. Now it's an opportunity for everyone outside of the Asian community to stand by them and say, hey, we're your allies, let's speak up on this. But then now it's also the opportunities for those same individuals, the same aunts, uncles, mom, dads, cousins, whatever, that were having those difficult conversations and not seeing what happened in 2020, they're now able to see what's happening to them in 2021 and put themselves in our situation to mm -hmm. kind of say, you know, to see if we'll say the same thing. Like, no, it doesn't really happen. You guys are the, the model minority. You guys don't experience discrimination. So it's those individuals who have to realize that there is always going to be discrimination. There's always going to be prejudice, but it's up to us to unite and help each other, question each other, and stand by each other once we need it. And I think right now is the perfect time to really start expressing that. Because as we yeah. all know, too, it's like all three of us are different backgrounds, and it's like we'll never see exactly the same walks of life, whether it's 
positive, whether it's negative, so on and so forth. But it's up to us to ask those questions to say, hey, Monica, what does your day look like? Hey, Michael, what does your day look like? Hey, Jay, what does your day look like? Mm -hmm. Because we never know. There may be the tiniest little thing that can be huge to someone else, but we'll never know if we never ask the question. Yeah. And I think that's like the biggest thing is like for me that I've always, that's something I try to live my life by. It's like, I never assume what life or what people go through. And so for me, it's just like, you know, like, if we can live like a day in a life in someone's shoe or like whatever that expression is for me, I always think about like, I just have to trust them that their shoe fits because like sometimes they will share stories in life. And sometimes I'm like, it's so easy to call you. I'm like, was that racism? Are you sure you're like, are you really angry? Like sometimes I'm just like, I just like regret, regardless of who's talking to me, like what story they're sharing with me. I should just deep down, just be like, this is their perspective and this is how they're feeling. And I should understand like, and I don't want to say believe, but just acknowledge like that's their shoe fits for them. And that's where that perspective comes from. And I always love living life by things. And I think the pandemic has been discomfort. And I love that. And I think when we talk about like racism, when we talk about biases, I think it's okay to be biased because we all have biases in our life. Like it's so hard to get out. But the thing is, we shouldn't act on those biases. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to learn how to be more uncomfortable and getting ourselves in an uncomfortable situation. So if I know that like there's a certain demographic of people, I'm like, I don't know much about. And the only information I do know is news stations and Wikipedias and maybe not the greatest movies that just stereotype. Just going like war is a high population just to get to know them, talk to them. I don't have to be the whole thing of like, tell me about you're the right representation but just having the dialogue in day to day. And I think when we kind of absorb that and show that to people, like when we model it, so rather than getting angry at a situation or just being like, hey, my background is this and their background is the polar opposite, even politically, not to just be like, let me, I'm gonna get myself in an argument and I'm gonna win this because I have the right sources. Rather than being like, let, let's just have a dialogue. Let's just have a conversation, get some coffee. Let me like, Let me get to learn from you because I feel like right now with pandemic, but also just with technology, I think it's so easy to like separate ourselves from the world and just so easy to go online and be like, well, I'm gonna find sources that directly make me prove myself right. And I can put a lot of hateful comments on social media. No one knows it's me and it's, I can hide behind it. And I think when in like this human aspect of like, it's so much harder to go and say those things in front of that person or have those conversations be like, I don't really understand what Black Lives Matters mean. Instead of just like, looking at the two things be like if i have a friend that's very involved with him be like hey can you just talk to me about this can i see what a rally looks like what is their like goals like that and i think that goes well with anything because i think it's so easy to assume and then just that web and d talked out like we can just start spiraling and be like and just making our own assumptions our own biases but also we can have our own like thing that goes into it we could be completely false and I just, like I tell at work, just like, go to the source and like, what source can kind of help support me? Because at the end of the day, if we just keep ourselves separated and just go to our own news sites or websites and only talk to our own like-minded friends, we're not growing. And I think we'll further have that divide. And I believe that there could be some people who may be receptive. They just haven't had the exposure of that community, that group, or that experience to be like, actually, I think I might be wrong. Agreed. Yeah. And I, I think I think you hit the nail on the head at the end of it. Um, I, I don't want to take too much time, Monica, but it's like that exposure. That's what's key. 
because the only way you get exposed to things is asking questions. That's that's the the acquisition of data that we all need. Because like anytime that we interact with each other, with our environment, with our you know our five senses, six senses for those who can see dead people, but <laughs> it's like that exposure to whatever we're seeing, witnessing, engaging in through our five senses. That's what helps us learn. That's what helps us get out of that comfort that the echo chambers that we may find ourselves in. That's where we really get to say, you know, what else is out there and learn from that. Like imagine if we only had one restaurant, like only one type of cuisine. Like if anybody else lets you came across was trying a different cuisine, you're just like, oh no, no, like this is perfect. This is all I need. But then we wouldn't have the diverse foods that we have and cultures that we have today. Yeah. Because it takes those it takes that level of exploration to get to the point that we need to. And I feel like with the pandemic, it's also reinforcing globalization where we can really interact, yeah. see all the different cultures, all the different walks of life of um, things that are happening in real time. Like when I was online and I was uh, supportive of like the farmer movement in India, I never would have known about it before. But now I'm just like, here's a cause that I'm now familiar with. I'm able to educate myself on, didn't have any prior knowledge, but then now I'm able to really engage myself and show myself as an ally. So yeah. sorry about that. I hope it wasn't too long. No, mm-hmm. no, it's great. I loved uh, hearing your your thoughts and Michael too. And um very grateful to have been able to hear it. And and just again, like you said, like everyone is living a different experience and it's and it kind of it comes back to empathy and um and honestly, we have to talk about this stuff. It's like we just have to. It's not gonna get better. And we can't just brush it off anymore. And it's just, it comes same when you have, when you're going through a mental health issue, right? It's like, in my experience, when I was um, overcoming or learn, you know, healing the, the anxiety that I went through, healing the depression that I went through, it didn't go away by me hiding, you know, like none of that, it just doesn't, it doesn't go, it doesn't get better until you acknowledge it until you face it. So with, with racism and these acts of violence, it's like the more that we try to run from it, the bigger it gets. So we, we have to face it because it's showing that it's the only way that we're going to be able to heal as a species. And, um, and we're all in it together and we have all these different races cultures for a reason diversity is what makes life what it is right and and you see it in all the different types of plants that we have the different other animals right it's like this diversity we need to learn how to celebrate it like let's talk and and not see it as threat and 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 cutting out rhetoric that um targets populations um i mean obviously we all know the 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 when when the pan, when the virus was deemed the china virus i mean that's why you know this is all started in a way and and it sucks it sucks to see this strong ripple that that those words have had and now innocent people are dying because of it so I agree with you guys, you know, we have to just keep talking about it, keep saying how we can be better allies, um, just be better people. <laughs> yeah, and I think like even on the people realm, like, cause I think we're talking like on a larger scale of like 
U.S. racial tension. Like that's a big topic and there's so much to go to it. But you see on the people's go with us. I think we just need to learn to be okay to say we made a mistake. Because like who we were when we were six years old in high school and even now, like we're constantly making mistakes and our perceptions changing out. Hoping our perceptions getting better and more loving of allies. But it's okay to be like, I had these thoughts. I was unaware because like when 9-11 hit, um, it was so easy to make these assumptions in the news. And it was mm -hmm. just like a whole other dem demographic of people of like, what seemed this way. And it was easy to be afraid. Yeah. And now it's like, I don't think about that anymore. But it's for me, it's just like, it's, I think at the human level, we just be like, maybe my perception's off. It's okay to be like, I think I made a mistake. I think I might be wrong. And just like kind of learning from it. Cause I think it's like a terminal illness. Like if you just let it like simmer and then you're like, yeah, I think I have a bias. And then you just let it go. It's just going to continue to develop. And if I ever have kids, I think those biases will just kind of trickle down. But then it will just kind of slowly kill inside and just kind of mm -hmm. go out. I think it's just like the, mo the moment you're like, yo, I do have an issue. Like, I really think I might be biased of some sort. And you let it open. Then I feel like then you can get that treatment and be like, okay, who do I need to talk to? Who do I need to like help support so that I don't have these biases or I don't act on these biases? Mm -hmm. But if you don't like acknowledge it and you don't like, put genuine effort towards fixing it I think we're just going to kind of stay forward and I think it's so easy for people to be like someone else will be like that's not my problem our movement but I think it really does take us on a human level to be like to not only love ourselves but to understand the people around us and learn from them and I think once we do that the diversity and the love can come from that yeah yeah there's this woman that I follow on Instagram she goes by Shanti within and she talks about yoga she's indian and talking about like the real meaning of yoga is that it's celebrate and defend all beings and when one group suffers we're all suffering so it's like it's such a reflection of where our species is like why are we targeting these different groups like there's something deeply wrong and that's what we really need to take our healing seriously so we can stop and we can have future generations that hopefully live in a more harmonious planet you know and that's my wish <laughs> i like that wish. I second that. that's a good wish all right, guys. Well, um, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for chatting with me. And um, what is the, if people want to connect with you guys, what is the best way for folks to find you? Okay. Well, um, if people want to find me, um, it's, um, you can find me mostly on Instagram. I am on Twitter, but not as active yet. I'm working on it. Um, but both handles are legendary, L-E-G-E-N-D-A-R-I-I underscore mg and again that's for legendary media group i call it lmg for short um check out our content on youtube spotify whatever you like but yeah if you want to connect with me i'll be there and uh yeah hit the dms <laughs> slide in the dms <laughs> those dms be growing um i just want to say thank you so much for young monica for having me it's been like an honor and it's fun having like with darius like I love that he's starting a podcast because me and him would just have Darius AKJ and then AKJ <laughs> legendary J I would but we'd have these conversations and it'd be like and then he'd be like yo this should be like a podcast and then you'd be like I actually have a whole spreadsheet on topics and like it's like I might add that in I'll let me do a little research but even with you like I feel like 
being a not a, a mono speaker, me and you, we share that, Monica, uh, that inner mm-hmm. Eeyore vibe. But like, I've just been growing up like, you should do podcasts, your voice. I was like, maybe. You got but, the uh, voice, Michael. Thank you. You got the voice too. <laughs> I'm working uh, on that. You got the I, voice just, too, James. It's just so fun with like the pandemic, just in life that like technology is so accessible to reach so many people to and from. And um, again, like sometimes we just need to unwind and listen to like a podcast about cooking, but sometimes it's really good to have like the With Your Love Yourself Foundation to be like, wow, how am I loving myself? Like, am I being um, cognizant in my like spiritual level, my emotional well-being? And so I think it's so cool that you're pouring in and have these themes of like, how can we not only be better people of this world, but like, how are we like funneling into ourselves? Mm. So if people want to get into my DMs, <laughs> um, I have an Instagram called uh, Mike Nilbog, and very inactive. I like to take pictures occasionally, <laughs> but that's the one I just scroll through the most. But thank you so much for this opportunity to be with you. Of and course. One day I get to have you both as well on um on either the council podcast or maybe something else in the future. I know me Absolutely. and Mike, we've definitely discussed it before too. So, yes. Um, and I just want to say, you know, I'm just, again, thank you guys for being here with me. And, um, you know, when I always, these guys have helped me so much, uh, both personally and with my community activism and, you know, they're always cheering me on and it's like those friends that are always there for you. And it's always hard to start things, you know, but when you have people that are encouraging and supporting you and believing you, it makes it that much easier. And so these these guys have been there for me and che- my cheerleaders and always rooting for me and fundamental and when I started the Love Yourself Foundation. So, um, and, and they continue to. So I just wanna say thank you, Michael. Thank you, Jay, for being such amazing friends to me and for helping me believe in myself so I can continue to do this work that is so dear to my heart. So thank you both. I'm so grateful that people get to hear your thoughts because you are both such intelligent and empathetic guys and have such unique perspectives. So um, I I hope that a lot of, I hope people enjoyed this. I know I did. I definitely did. And thank you as well, Monica. You always are able to generate a platform to get kind of like all this positive energy together. So keep doing what you're doing and just know that we both support you as well. Mm -hmm. Love you. Yeah, I just want to say thank you again. Um, you've always, like I've told you this many times, you've always been a beacon of like just knowing how to find amazing people who like are the purest and just putting them together to like do a common goal. If it's activism of putting like refillable water bottle stations at a university to just being like having simple conversations with people who just make them feel important, special. And I'm excited that you like now have launched a whole platform of this to just go further and wider of like, you do matter. You're awesome. And what is everyone's voice sound like? Mm, thank you, Michael. Yes, I appreciate you both. And thank you for seeing me. You know, that really is um, just such a beautiful reflection. And I'm, again, just thank you for doing this with me and, and to helping people find their voice and so to realize that what they have to offer in this world is exactly what we all need to experience so we can grow and build a more harmonious planet <laughs> <I like it. laughs> 
All right, guys. Well, thanks again. And thank you um, to everybody listening. This was it's this this episode is definitely one of my favorites. So thank you, thank you. <laughs> and thank um you. yeah, so thank you. And um for folks listening, please leave us a uh review, do all the things so we can continue to grow. Till next time. Till next time. Till next time. Bye everyone. Bye.
Too. 